This is a free download from Understand Lancy Leland Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Lancy Leland Church building. At the bank, St. Sampson, the Chamberlain Lion of Guernsey. Contact us or find out more information about us. Please visit our website at Well, it's great to be back and uh, see, see the church going. I love this church. It's great that you can be in a prayer and fasting time and have all your notices about food. doesn't feel like we're hungry at all. It's wonderful. And met at the door with chocolates as well. What a great place yeah, to be. But, uh, of course, you know, your 40 days praying is, is not about trying to, God, to get God to move, but what's actually happening in, in the repositioning of, of your lives and the change that's happening within you. And uh, that's exciting. And I had a privilege of being with uh, your leaders yesterday and uh, it was great to be with them and now I'm with the church this morning and I'm it's a privilege to 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 bring God's word to you uh, I'm, I'm bringing a word that um, it's new um, so if it's any good I'll use it again Okay, so I'm just uh, I'm trialing it out with you. Um, if it's rubbish, just let me know at the door. Um, usually, people do that with pastors at the, you know at the door. No, it's not very good today. Um, or you know, if I get ten likes, I'll um, I'll use it again. All right. Let me set the scene for you and just tell you what you know. But it's really important for you to know this for for me then to to go forward because uh, I'm going to tell you a story um, of, a, of a lady um, and I've, I've chosen a story of a lady because today is Mother's Day Sunday um, but let me set, set the scene right um, at the very beginning of time uh, on day one that it's uh, it was always God's um, original plan was to create mankind and to share his authority and to share his rule with them and he gave them his image uh, and the spiritual and moral character um, of himself within them and then he placed them in an environment that he had already created and it's one, that's one of the most important principles of creation that God creates the environment and then takes what he has created and places it in the environment. So, for example, before the sun and the moon and the stars, he created the day and the night and the sky. And before he created the plants and the animals and the fish, he created the land and the seas. And before he created man, he had already planted a garden in the east called Eden and then put the man in that environment. Now, 
the environment is hugely important and this is a, another important thing just setting the scene the, the environment is hugely important for whatever has been created to survive environment some environments are toxic some environments become that way but the environment that God creates he creates it in order for what he created to survive important principle the meaning of Eden in the Hebrew language is this his presence that's nice isn't it so God creates his presence in a certain place then takes man and places man in his presence got it? that's where God placed um, Adam, Eve where they had unbroken fellowship the rules were not many um, it certainly wasn't rules and regulations of religion it wasn't striving to be somebody it wasn't trying to do what you should do it, the rule was walk with me let's have a relationship and that is still the environment and that is still the heart of God today what was in God's heart and what actually happened is very different because we know the story is that the story is that Adam decided that the environment was too restricting for him and Eve and so they came out of his presence and in fact actually was banished from his presence and the gospel story as we will celebrate again or as we do every Sunday but, and every day of our life but the gospel story which we will celebrate in a few weeks at Easter is that Jesus Christ came, died, rose again three days later as God himself who brings back people back into that environment of the presence of God Adam found that actually coming out of the environment of his presence was like taking a fish out of water it was like taking the plant out of the ground you cannot survive something is wrong when you come out of the environment that God created you to be in here's my talking point today the key to changing the environment that you're in if it's become toxic or if it's become broken the key to sustaining the environment that you in that you are in the very structures of that environment can be built around one particular word that is crucial in your life and my life and that is this praise what comes out of your mouth is crucial let me say that again slow it down ready what comes out of your mouth or what doesn't come out of your mouth but it should 
is crucial to the environment that he created you to be in. The psalmist got it in Psalm 22 when he understood. He wrote that God inhabits the praises of his people. Now, I'm not talking about the three or four songs that that we start our Sunday service about. Do you understand? Because you can come to church and sing those songs with hands lifted high in a little jig and be the most grumpiest person that God ever created. Amen? Hallelujah. Yeah, and you might know one or two um, in front of you. Um, No, did I say that? (laughs) That's why we always put the pastor at the front. It's not about the songs we sing. It's about who we are. It's about not saying thank you when you should say thank you. I've been amazed for for many, many years when Nicole's my assistant, I always remember saying to my team, it's amazing, isn't it? We've got a church here, don't say thank you. I know I'm speaking to the choir because you're perfect. But there can be a, a, there can be this lack of gratitude that comes upon you when you've been married to somebody for so long. You know, she always does the toast. Right. Why do I have to keep saying thank you? You do because you you keep the environment sweet. And in the church, you know, with all your things, and we've had lots of um, invitations to get involved. We need to begin to make sure. When was the last time I said thank you for that person who gave me a cup of tea? When, uh, so it's thank you, it's, it's being, being worshipful in our situation, being content in our circumstance. It's being able to praise God despite what I'm going through. It's, <laughs> you know what it's like when, when, you know when somebody walks into the room and you regret that they walked into the room? <laughs> Amen? Yeah? You know, it was going well until they turned up. Yeah? Yeah? You know, my words. Yeah? And you know also, the other reverse, when somebody walks into the room and everybody starts smiling. Yeah? It's good, isn't it? Has anybody heard, has anybody heard of Manchester United? Well, it's, it's been an interesting season. Is that for half the season we were all miserable you know those who are true ardent fans um, we were all miserable because the manager was miserable I mean whenever he did his interviews he never smiled he was falling out with everybody he was complaining about this and that he was falling out but with his players and you know, are, are you, you're not Manchester United are you, are you walking out are you what? you're Man City aren't you are you in Man City I'm sorry Please. 
Well, I'm sorry. I don't think anybody noticed that at all. Um, <laughs> um, every, and, 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 and the, manage, <laughs> the manager was complaining all the time, and he was grumpy all the time. And, and then they got rid of him, yeah? Within one hour, within one hour, Sorry for teasing you, I'm sorry. I always like to pick on somebody, so you, if you need to go to the toilet, don't, because I'll pick on you. Within one hour of appointing a new manager, within one hour, everything changed in that club. You know why? Because the first thing he did when um, Ollie came through into, the, into, the, into the, the, the stadium and into the offices, he brought everybody, even the tea lady, the secretaries, they bought everybody a box of chocolates. Everybody. He walked into that stadium and he changed it completely. Why? Because just because of who he is. You can change now. If we can talk about that about Man United, you and I have got the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the Spirit of the Living God in our lives. We can walk into a room and change the environment. And we can do the reverse. And it all depends what's coming out of your mouth. And we do, sometimes, I, I think we need to record ourselves more. Or get somebody to do it. To see, to see. Maybe it's something that the deacons could do. More recording devices. Because we don't think we're moaners. But we are. And if we slowed our conversation down, and we just replay the tape. The tape? How old am I? Um, if we just replayed the recording of what we've been saying that day, oh my day, we would be, we, we would be shocked at what's coming out. Praise is the key to our success as living beings of a living God. If you close your curtains at home, within five minutes, you could, you could rock yourself into a depression quite easily. Because there's so many things that perhaps in your life are difficult and trying. But we're going to talk about that in a moment. I think what stunts church growth the most is not because and I say this sensitively because you are praying but I think the praying will as I said will not actually move God it will move you the most um, I think it's not the praying it's not whether the building is nice all those things are important whether the welcome is good that's all important but I think the thing that causes whether a church is going to grow or whether a church is not going to grow, whether a church is going to be influential or not, is what is being spoken. And it's not about what's been spoken from behind the pulpit. It's about what's been spoken after the service has ended or before we come in, as we walk in. What's been spoken on the telephones and the texts during the week. What are we saying to one another and what are we saying outside of that? What's coming out of our mouth? There's a, there was a, a, a moment when the work of God stopped. The mission of God stopped. And it was when Zerubbabel was trying to rebuild the temple 
and he did a quite a good job to begin with and things were going really well and, and everybody was happy and then suddenly um, some people start getting offended and, um, and, and words spread and because of the power of words the mission stopped and what was in the plan of God stopped and you can stop a church growing you can stop its influence by what's coming out of the mouth and, 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 and the thing is is that we think we're right and that's the problem that's why we have all the religious wars in the world is that we, we think we're right so we just have to say I've got to say it I've got to say it no you don't you don't have to say it and it stopped the work and the, the sound of God left and so but what happens and what the Holy Spirit is doing today and what I see happening in your church now and I want to encourage it to go forward in it because there are definite evidences of this as I spent some time yesterday with some of your folks is this is that the, the, I hear a different sound see what happened in Zerubbabel's days that God raised up two prophets who began to speak a different sound a speak, and they began to speak positive into the life of the community and, and, and the sound of the house changed from negative to positive if a marriage is, that's divorcing if they change the sound of negativity to, to the to sound of positivity it's not going to divorce if a church that's going down the tubes changes its sound to saying we're a church of the living God and we're going to speak well over people's lives we're going to speak prophetically positively thanking gratefulness is going to come out in fact what happened was that the word came and said not by might not by power but by my spirit and what's going to happen to Zerubbabel is that you'll lay the capstone to the shouts of God bless it God bless it you see it and um, churches don't have to die every church that dies is because somebody's speaking negatively churches are, are created to grow and they're built upon the environment of the presence of God which he inhabits in that atmosphere of praise Mothering Sunday today and we give thanks to God for our moms and, and we're all happy and it's great and it's lovely but on all the calendar days of the year all of them there are always people who are struggling on those calendar days because when we celebrate whatever we celebrate there's always other people who are struggling over the same kind of issue for all kinds of reasons and so there'll be today, there'll be today people here today inside this church service and people who are not in the church who are struggling today because of memories because of loss because of all kinds of things that are attached to the celebration of the day and, and, and it's difficult as Christians to how do we keep on praising when we are struggling and here's the story and uh, I've chosen the story of Leah 
So, let's open our Bibles. It's about time, you may think. Genesis chapter 29. Genesis 29, we're going to read a lovely story, a powerful story of a lady called Leah. So, uh, yeah, so verse 16. Now, Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was lovely in form and beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll, said to Laban, I'll work for you seven years in return. Now I'll make it clear to you, it's Rachel I want, your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it's better that I give her to you than to some other man, so stay here with me. You're a good man, I like you. It's going to be great. You might not have got that in your Bible. I just like to throw things in. Just so you make it Just keep your concentration. So, Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely, then it? Lovely. Do you remember that, men? No? Okay. Um... Anyway, back to the Bible. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife. My time is completed, and I want to lie with her. Was that a bit strong there in that verse? I'm not sure. But anyway, it came out. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. Now, let's see what happens now. When evening came... This is a shocker, right? When people say the Bible's boring, they've never read it. This is better than any newspaper. Are you ready? When evening came, so it's gone dark, he took his daughter Leah and gave her to Jacob. And Jacob lay with... I mean, what was going on in Jacob's mind? Was he drunk? I don't know. But... He gave Leah to Jacob and Jacob lay with her and Laban gave his servant girl Zilpah to his daughter as her maidservant. And when morning came, who are you? (laughs) When morning came, there was Leah. My goodness, what's gone on? So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you've done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? And Laban replied, it's not our custom here. Oh, thank you for telling me this now. It's not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week, then we'll give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. And Jacob did so. Why did he do so? Because he loved Rachel. And he finished the week with Leah. Hmm, Thanks. And then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. And Laban gave his servant girl Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her maidservant. And Jacob lay with Rachel also and he loved Rachel more than Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. Thanks be to God for this lovely scripture. Let me talk to you about Leah's 
problem. Leah's problem was that Leah was Jacob's first wife, but she wasn't his first choice. He had been deceived by her father. Jacob was in love with the younger sister, with Rachel. In verse 17, Rachel was more beautiful. Every man wanted Rachel. She was the star. Leah was in the background. She's ordinary. Rachel, amazing. Added to the problem was that Leah was older than Rachel and so she's never going to catch up on the years when you're older. When your younger sister is more beautiful than you, where do you go with that? There's no time. Time's running out. And sometimes our problems in our life are magnified by our age because we think that actually, well, that's it now. I, I can't even get out of my chair. Yeah? Time is running out. So maybe the desire and the dream and what's in your heart cannot be fulfilled and you, it's added to the problem. Leah has weak eyes. And maybe you look in the mirror and maybe you've done this all, all your life or maybe you've just started or, or, or what. But you look in the mirror and you think, I don't like what I see. And uh, it can be uh, as, as light-hearted as like, when I looked in the mirror at the beginning of the year and said, Oh my words, let me just clean that mirror just to have another double check. And no, mirror doesn't lie. And so then I enrolled in Slimming World. I know, you've not noticed any difference. Clearly, it's come across. Nobody's mentioned anything. Actually, only one lady in the church mentioned something. I really appreciate Rose, you're my favorite. (laughs) That's why I'm looking at you a lot, Rose. Um... Or it could be something really, really serious, something in your life that you really, really can't shift, can't do anything about. It is what it is, and you don't like it, but you've lived with it. It can be a stigma. It can be a a social stigma, and you don't like it. Leah was unloved by Jacob and it also indicates that in verse 26 that she was unloved by other men because her father had tried to marry her off for years with no success and actually I don't like her father anyway. You? I don't like her father at all. This is terrible. I want to beat him up, you know. Um, Her father, what father would do this? And what father would, would, would treat a daughter like this? Maybe that's the culture of their day. It certainly is the culture of the East today. Leah had to obey. Leah had to go through with whatever her father said. Maybe on her false wedding night, which she must have gone in with fear and trepidation. Maybe she thought, maybe, perhaps, maybe, maybe he's going to learn to love me. I've talked to so many married women who have now, 10 years, 20 years on, realized that actually, though they hoped that he would love her, it never materialized. I want to say this morning, you just pause and say this, is that God 
cares and loves the rejected more than anybody on planet Earth. Leo was humiliated. It's not um, humbled, it's a different word. She was humiliated. On that wedding night, darkened tent, can you imagine? Can you imagine the scene in the morning? Can you imagine what Jacob would have been saying? Can you imagine, though, what goes on in her mind? The humiliation that one person can bring to another. It can happen through action, it can happen through words, it can happen through rejection, it can happen in many different circumstances. So, there she is experiencing all of that. And maybe even today, when you look back and you know the day, you know the time, the moment, I only have to say a name, a town, a place, circumstance, it's like it happened yesterday, humiliation is felt. She was used. Verse 27 and 28. Finished his daughter's bridal week. Just go through the motions, will you please, Jacob? And women in our society, in more than any other time, we're realizing that they have been abused and misused and they've been used as objects. They've been brought down, they've been pressed down and we've lived and we thought that's okay, men stupid, men that like have got no brains just think that it was always acceptable in that kind of way and now through Me Too campaign and all kind of those things that have risen up and said it's not about women's lib, it's not women's lib, it's about the fact that God created man and woman equal in the sight of God Leah didn't have that, she's used. So, that's her problem. Let me tell you what her plan was. Because whenever you have a problem, you will find a plan. And that's <laughs> that becomes another problem, which you'll see in a moment. When we have the problems in our lives, and you're carrying a problem in your life, I'm sure. And you look back on how you dealt with those problems. And how you dealt with them was that you took um, you took on board the responsibility to get yourself out of the problem. And that's the real problem. You said, I, I can fix this. I need to fix it because I can't live like this. But actually, it's n that's not what God wanted you to do. And I'll show you that in a moment. But let's see what she did. feel so sorry for this woman, but this is what she did. This is her plan to get out of the problem. In verse 31 and verse 32, we haven't read it, we're going to move in now. Verse 31, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he opened her womb. Some gracious act from God and her desire. Her desire matched the gracious move of God. And I'll tell you this, is that 
when you move from your problem into your plan, God will be gracious with you, even though it's not his perfect plan for your life. But he'll work with wherever you are going out of his love for you. And so it may not seem like a disaster and your step into fixing your problem may seem a good one because who makes a stupid decision? Nobody makes a stupid decision until after the event and then you look back and say, oh, that was a bit stupid, wasn't it? And so we move into this moment and God in his graciousness works with that because he loves us and we're in partnership with him and he opened the womb and she begins to have children. And you know what her plan was? Her plan was this, and it still happens today. If I have children, maybe he'll love me. It still happens today. It's the oldest problem in the history of the world. I'm counselling um, a couple at the moment because they decided they would have children because it might help them fall in love again. Stupid. Here we are. It's right for her to have children and in the graciousness of God and in the overall picture of the fact that God is sovereign and God is working all things together for good, God had an idea of what he was going to do which was going to be so... um, Important, it would lead to the birth of the Messiah, but how he works through all of that is just sovereignly amazing. But it doesn't mean that her decision to do this was the right thing to do right in the beginning. It's God who, in his perfect sovereignty, is able to make something look so amazingly right. You may be an unloved woman. But God will do things in and through you that the most loved woman cannot do. Many are just women of men, but God will turn you to be a woman of God. But Leah's plan was running too far ahead of God. She thought that this would lead to Jacob loving her and she's not let go of a problem. So this is what she does. Can you see this? In verse 32, she has her first son. He's called Reuben. She's so excited. See your son, surely Jacob is going to love me now. No. She ha- n- the next year, she has second son, Simeon. God has heard, in verse 33, God has heard, surely Jacob will love me now. No. Next year, she names her third son, Levi. Verse 34, it means attached. Surely, Jacob will love me now. No. My heart, we're grieving for this woman. Leah, what is going on? You're still carrying this problem. You're trying to fix it. It's not going to be fixed this way, Leah. It's not going to be fixed. Then, the next year, she has a son. Something has changed. Verse 35. Something has changed. How she names this son shows that something has changed. So let me move you now from her problem through her plan 
she finally gets revelation of what she should of what she should do and and the way forward and it is about Leah's praise because she names her son Judah something has changed this time this time four sons in I'm an unloved woman I'm second to my younger sister nothing's changed but this time I've changed you see it I've changed and this time I'm concentrating on my environment that God has placed me in and I am going to praise the Lord It was as if the Lord was saying all through these years, Leah, will I do? Am I enough? And finally she gets it. Leah came to terms with her life and she stopped hugging her problem. And God was pleased on her. And God looked upon the false son with a special favour that was unique and so what came out of her was going to be transformational for the whole of biblical history from this woman so we read things like in Psalm 78 67 to verse 68 he rejected God rejected the tents of Joseph he did not choose the tribe of Ephraim but he chose the tribe of who? Of Judah. We read in Psalm 114, verse 2, no other tribe, Judah, became God's sanctuary. Special favour. And so we're right back at the beginning that Judah had the special presence of God. Leah chose to praise God instead of telling everyone, the whole world, how terrible things are for me. Did I tell you my problem? You got my problem, yeah? She stopped talking her problem out and she began to praise. She didn't walk into a room and go, woe is me. I'm doomed. Nothing's changed. She lifted her head. She became a woman of God. And she said, you know, I can't change my circumstance, but out of me is going to flow praise. In the same favour, and the same blessings, and the same presence of God in, on Judah is available to every one of us who are facing difficulties this morning. God dwells in the people of praise who have understood the power of praise. We all know Judah means God be praised. <coughs> Judah, praise is the key to changing your environment. It changes you. It moves things around and it gives you a different perspective on your world. People say, well, your circumstances haven't changed. doesn't matter. 
I've changed. They, I look at them differently. They don't affect me like they used to affect me. And how that has happened is because of what's coming out of my mouth, because my heart is focused on praise to God. In a couple of weeks' time, a few weeks' time, you're going to be thinking about the Passover meal. You're going to be thinking about the Last Supper and the, and, and Good Friday and Easter, the cross. You're be thinking about that. Do you realize? Do you realize that Jesus? If we're going to be a follower of Jesus, we're going to be a follower of Jesus. We need to learn what it is to be hours away from your suffering, hours away from your death, hours away from your torture, and gathering your friends together around a meal and saying to them, I just want to share with you my problems that are before you right now. I've got hours to live and, you know, I'm feeling terrible, you know, it's just horrible. No, none of that. Jesus showed us this, hours to go, and around that meal, it says this, that Jesus sang a song. It's beautiful. It's the Hallel, it's Psalm 113 to 118, and at the end of the meal it says, they sang a song. If your Jesus, who went to the cross for you, can sing a song of praise hours before the death, then you and I can carry a song, a sound of thanks and positive praise to God for all that we have and all that is here. We can do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, not just in church. The blessing of praise is taught throughout the Bible and gives us great things. In in Genesis 49 and verse 8, the blessing on Judah, the power on Judah, the influence on Judah, the blessing of praise. What's the benefit of praise? The benefit of praise in Genesis 49 verse 8 is this. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. That's the benefit of being positive. That's the benefit of thanksgiving and powerful praise in your life is it's like your hand, Judah, is going to be on the neck of your enemies. (laughs) Interesting. May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all his faithful people, Psalm 149. We don't fight flesh and blood, we fight principalities, we fight things behind the scenes. And every time we praise, we are declaring that whatever the problem is, I'm just squeezing that problem. Whatever the spiritual attack, I'm just... 
run my hands around the neck of that. I just squeezes some, you know, Satan has no power. He's a, he's a liar. He's a father of lies. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. But the power of praise in your life, it's like you're saying, you're, you're already defeated, but I'm just going to wring your neck a little bit more and take some more victory out of you, Satan. Judah. And those who don't understand Judah, those who don't understand praise, they don't get it. And some Christians will not get it. They'll go to eternity moaning. And there is a special mansion far, 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 far away <laughs> called the Moaning Hill where they'll be happy and content. But us will be rejoicing for 10,000 years and years. Why? Because we, are, we have learnt it on earth where there's problems. That's why I'm a lot better with people who have got nothing, who are broken, who have got so much to complain about, but don't. How does the world across the other side of the world, how do they survive so much horror? I, I was texting somebody in, in a famine yesterday in northern Kenya. How are the members? Yeah, two of them have died. How are you? We're praising God. How do they do it? And how are you going to get through your problems praising God? How is the church going to continue through all the ups and downs and the challenges of being a church on this island? It's going to do it with praise in our mouths and thanks, thankfulness. The community in, on this island needs to know that Delancey Elam is not... They don't need to know that you're spiritual. They don't need to know the, the, the power of God in the house. They don't need all those, those kind of things. They need to know that there is a place. There is an environment on the island called Eden. An environment of his presence where there's a community of people have understood what it is that out of their mouths they can preserve, they can protect and they can structure an environment around praise and thankfulness. Then the island will start waking up. There's a world out there that's got so much to do worry about and moan about and complain about. But you're different. I'm different. You're different. What's, why, why are you so happy? They say. Why, why do your, your eyes are different? Well, why do you not curse? Well, well, why, why do you not moan about people whenever I'm with you? You, you never say a cross word about people. Why is that? Hmm. You, you want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because I belong to the tribe of Judah. I'm a praiser. Who do you praise? I praise Jesus. He was praising a few hours before he died. He rose again three days later. Do you know him? But Leah's story isn't finished. And this is what I close with. Now this will get you smiling. Leah's story isn't finished. In the whole tremendous grace, thank you God, thank you God, for creating this story to happen, to teach us how to live our life. And so let me take you to the very end of the story. In Genesis 49, and verse 28 to verse 31. 
Jacob is at the end of his life. Leah's already died. Jacob is at the end of his life. All these are the 12 tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said to them when he blessed them. So he's blessed them before he dies, giving each the blessing appropriate to him. Then he gave them these instructions. I'm about to be gathered to my people, a phrase to say I'm about to die. Bury me with my fathers in the cave in the field of Ephron the Hittite. Do you, do you know the cave? Do you know that cave? Well, it's the cave in the field of Machpelah. Do you know where that is? It's near Mamre in Canaan. Have you got it? Do you know where I want to be buried? It's the one where Abraham brought as a burial place from Ephron the Hittite along with the field. There Abraham and his wife were buried. There Isaac and his wife Rebekah were buried. Have you got the cave? That's where I want to be buried. And it's the cave where Leah was buried. You would have thought he would have wanted to be buried where Rachel was going to get buried. Wouldn't you? At the start of the story. But he is explicitly saying, as I finish my life, what's important to me is a woman. And I may not have told her in my life I love her half as much as I should have done. And I'm an old man now. And she's gone. But I want to tell you this. She gave me important sons, Levi and Judah. But most importantly, it was what happened at the birth of Judah, something changed in her. And from that moment on, her life spoke to me. The beauty of her life spoke to me, so much so. It not only changed her life, but it changed my life, so that at the end of my life, I'm thinking about her right now. Will you bury me with her? Whether it happens here on earth or whether it happens after you're gone, people will talk about you. What are they going to say? Are they going to say, that man, that woman, they thanked God and people more than I've ever known. That man and woman, I never heard anything come out of their mouth that was derogatory. That man and woman, they, throughout the, the problems of their life, they'd learned the power of praise. Leah not only changed her life, but she changed her husband's life through learning the power of praise. Let me pray for you.
Shall we stand as I pray for you? Maybe you've come into the church service this morning and maybe you've dragged yourself in here through the problems of your life. And I've taken you on a journey today and you've been reminded at various times of, of that message that there's things that are not perfect about your the history of your life and where you are right now even. But maybe you can lift your hands to Jesus. Whatever the circumstance and whoever you are. And just commit to being a follower of Jesus again today. Commit to being a disciple. And as Jesus sang, then maybe the sound can change within your heart and within your mind and particularly then also through your lips. And maybe your world will change as a result. Father, I pray for every one of your people here today who have gone through and are in difficult circumstance. We do not belittle that. But God, we elevate who they are in you. That in you, they are sitting in heavenly realms, not on earth. And in them is the power of Christ who is far greater than any power of the problem. I speak Judah over their life. The power of praise to change the environment that they are in. To change them and to change others through what comes out of their mouth. So help them, God. Give them wisdom with this word. To dwell on it, to meditate on it, and to put it into practice. That your, your word may bear fruit in our lives. And this island and beyond will wake up and realize that you have a presence here in this community of people who are known for being thankful praising people. I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elim Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk.